So, you slept in. Hey, we're not wart judging. Sometimes you just need to get those seats. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. You still miss out on the intergenerational community and the support and encouragement that having all those people around you can bring. Inspiring music, charming children, a charming children's time. And we still won't be able to give you cookies through this podcast, but we'll give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast so if you're away from home or working or maybe coaching your kid's soccer team or maybe you went somewhere for a holiday, maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon one of us gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we just ask that you would receive it with an open mind and an open heart. A quick note, we really believe in that open mind. You don't have to believe in everything or agree with everything we we say. We invite you to question, to disagree, and to figure out what you think. But in the middle of all that, our greatest hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in this world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Susan. So Chris. So during the summer, well really during the whole year, we've been celebrating this 150th anniversary of the church and using a sermon series called First Street Gospel. Yep. And First Street Gospel talks about places around town. Mm -hmm. It talks about the stadium. It talks about the library. It talks about the bakery, all the places that you'd see in a typical First Street or Main Street. Kind of experience. Uh, of a yeah. town. And so with Reno, we've been doing that. We've been going through, you know, we did the stadium a couple weeks ago. This week was construction. Ooh. And as anybody who lives in Nevada will tell you, there are two seasons, snow okay. season and construction, construction season. season. Yeah. Those are the two seasons. And so, you know, traffic is always a quandary. Depending on those two. Uh, yeah. Just and like saying, we're going to be in construction season right up till snow season. So. I like to say quandary. Yeah, we, we, we are. We, we just do construction all the time. And, and this year it wasn't just on the highways, which is where you usually see it. And it wasn't just filling potholes, which is what you will typically also experience. It was they, they tore up a lot of downtown. And yeah. specifically, they tore up the only road that goes between my house and the church. Directly. <laughs> Directly. So construction was real for us this year. And it was fascinating because the company had been advertising, oh, there's going to be construction, there's going to be construction. It should be done in a week. And then it stretched out to like three months. And you're like, what's up with that? What's happening? And, it, and it's frustrating. It's, it's inconvenient. Oh, right? yeah. I have to drive 20 minutes to get to work and it's a half a mile away. I guess I could walk, but it's very hot in the summer in Reno. So it's yeah, not always even, advisable. Even when you get up in the morning to go to early service, it's hot. It's very hot. And uh, I got three flat tires in three weeks. The guys oh, at Big O, all, the, na- nails and all stuff. the nails and screws. The guys at Big O were so sick of seeing my face because you know you go in and say, "Hey, they're your tires. You got to fix them for me yeah. for free." Anyway, so three flat tires in three weeks, not helpful. The people who were helping to guide the traffic were not very helpful. <laughs> they wanted to be helpful. They desperately wanted to be helpful, and I wanted them to be helpful, but it did not work. They um, mm. they almost caused several accidents that I could see. I almost got hit a couple of times as well. People start to get impatient, so they start to take stupid risks, and it makes driving less fun yeah. because you're worried about getting hit. And so all this stuff is going on, and then I'm 
talk to a young adult in the congregation who was working at that time in the construction company that was doing all of this work. Oh, okay. And she was assigned to the team that was doing this project. project. And I said, what is going on? And she said, oh, well, you know, they, they paved everything or they, they unpaved everything. They did the work that they were going to do. And then they noticed that somebody had buried a gasoline tank under the ground uh, that nobody had marked. Nobody knew it was there. there. And so in order to keep everybody safe, we excavated this gasoline tank. And it, yeah, it was inconvenient. It ended up taking a lot longer. And then because our schedule was off, when we repaved, the weather was hotter than we had expected it to be. And the asphalt didn't set up. So a few weeks later, we had to unpave again and repave uh, so that the street was safe for people to drive on in all the different kinds of weather. So she said, yeah, no, what, it was expensive for us and it wasn't what we wanted. And we spent a lot of time doing it, but we did it so that people would be safe. In order to make this a safe place to live, they had to inconvenience us. As soon as I started talking about traffic and construction, the whole church went, ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They all knew this, right? Yeah, yeah, we get it. And so that's why the scripture today was particularly interesting. It's Amos. Amos is probably the oldest text in the Bible. Mm-hmm. He is a prophet from the lower kingdom when the kingdom of Israel split into Israel and Judah. So in the lower kingdom, he goes to the upper kingdom, the Israel kingdom, to speak. They mm-hmm. have no reason to listen to him. He's, He's farmer, an outsider. Farmer boy, outsider, uneducated. No reason to listen to Amos, but he he's on a mission. And so he goes, and this whole book that we have written down is like a conversation between God and Amos about what Amos needs to do, okay. about what Amos needs to say and how he can say it. Okay. And so this Amos chapter 7, verses 7 to 9, is God showing Amos a vision, and they're having this conversation. And, and he says, my master was standing beside a wall, and in his hand he held a plumb line. Mm-hmm. So with the kids, we talked about, well, what's a plumb line? Right, because... They often don't know. Right. So a plumb line is a piece of string. Yeah. Chain, you use a whatever. piece of string or, or metal if it's a heavy duty one. Uh-huh. And then you put something heavy at the bottom of it so that it hangs perfectly straight. Right. And you usually use something heavy that is balanced in such a way that you, that it actually points to a... It will point, point to the to center of the earth. <laughs> to a center point. Like, because you could just use like a heavy rock, but if the rock is like an odd shape... An odd shape, then it's not going to point at anything. So, right. So the plumb line points straight down. Uh, and you put this next to a wall to see if the wall is straight. Yep. Because we know that you want those walls to be straight in order to last a long time. My master was standing beside a wall. In his hand, he held a plumb line. God said to me, what do you see, Amos? Amos said, a plumb line. Then the master said, look what I've done. I've hung a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I've spared them for the last time. This is it. <laughs> the sex and religion shrines are going to be smashed. The unholy shrines are going to be knocked to pieces. I'm raising my sword against the royal family of Jeroboam. Great. That sounds like a great plan. We end every scripture with the words of life. (laughs) (laughs) For the people of God. For the people of God. Words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Um, So this is not usually what we want to hear God saying, like we're going to smash you to bits. But I think it's interesting because it reminds me of this construction season, right? Plumline Mm -hmm. is a construction tool that helps people figure out if things are going to last, if they're going to be strong, if they're going to be good, if they're going to make it a safe place to live. And so God is holding this plumb line. And what he's saying is these other ways of living together are not safe for everyone. Mm. They're not building a strong community. Um, They are, they're putting some people in positions of great privilege and some people in positions of great need. They're not caring for everybody. Uh, They're setting people against each other. 
This is not a safe way to live. And so he's sending Amos to speak these uncomfortable truths to people using this construction metaphor right. of we're trying to make this a safe place to live. God's faithfulness to us means discipline for God. God is continuing to be faithful to us, even though we're building these rickety structures right. that we're we know are going to collapse. God keeps coming back and saying, no, do you remember how to build strong? Right. Do you remember how to build strong? Let's build strong. Uh, because we can't get rid of God. It doesn't matter how rickety our structures are. There's this great poem called Atlas by U.A. Fanthorpe. Mm-hmm. And it talks about, it, it's like a, a poem about romantic love. But it's really about maintaining an old building. It's like, ah. you maintain my rickety structures and make sure my wiring is coated properly. And remember to tip the mil- milkman and all of those things. Uh-huh. All those little, like, life Details things. of life, yeah. yeah. We can't lose God. God, in the midst of all of our business, is going to keep showing up and keep saying, do you remember? Do you remember who you are? Do you remember who you can be? Uh, there's this great line in a song by Emiliano Torini called Beggar's Prayer, and I love it to death. And it says, when I was lost... You thought me a beautiful find. Mm. And so when we have built these things that don't work, these systems that don't work, and I know we do this. Yeah. Because I talk to people all the time who are always stressed out, Mm. who are always tired, who always feel left out, always feel like the martyr, always feel like the victim all the time. You've built something so that you end up playing that role. Right. And that's not necessarily how you need to be living your life or the healthiest way, or the safest way for us to live in community together. So, when I was last, you thought maybe beautiful find God shows up in the midst of our rickety structures and says, let's build strong, and does some deconstruction work with us. Yeah. Yeah. It helps us to tear apart the things that don't work. Right. And it's fundamentally constructive. Yeah. This is not God coming down on Jerusalem and saying, I'm going to punish you because I feel like it. Right. This is the, I'm going to get rid of the stuff that is keeping us out of balance. I'm going to get rid of the stuff that's, that's keeping us in these, these patterns that no longer work. This is, this is the excavation that needs to happen so that the next thing we build is strong and straight, like physically up and down straight. (laughs) Just so we're not sure what I'm saying here. Yeah, um, it's in line. It's in line. And and when we do do risky things, you know, when we build a risky thing, like I think of Frank Lloyd Wright's Falling Water, uh-huh. there's no support under the part of the house that's over the, the, over the water. Over, over the water. But we can't do that unless we've built the other structures properly. Exactly. Exactly. So, so all of this work is fundamentally constructive. God pointing out where we're out of line is fundamentally constructive. Uh, Hannah Gadsby wrote an article about why the Me Too movement is so important. And she said, it is more important for us to guard people's humanity than their reputation. Ooh, yes. Right. It is more important for us to care for people and make sure people are safe than to make sure that nobody has anything bad being said about them. Like we actually need to examine these criticisms and these accusations in order to make the world a safer place for everybody, but particularly for women. So this work is fundamentally constructive and it's not a surprise. God isn't coming out of the blue and saying, PS, you broke a law that you didn't know about. I'm going to smack you upside the head with a two by four. That's not how it works. It's not a surprise measure. God is bringing us back to who we are Mm -hmm. and restoring in us the image of God, reminding us what we actually care about on a fundamental level. Who are we? We're people who care for people, not people who are so worried about maintaining power or control that we're too afraid to do anything else. Yeah. So 
Barbara Brown Taylor described Christ as a mirror. Mm. She said, have you ever had a friend who told you the truth about yourself so clearly you wanted to kill them for it? Mm. That's who Jesus can be for us. Oh, yeah. Jesus points out where we're getting a little rickety in order to help us kind of come back to who we are. Well, and and using your image of this construction that was happening between your house and the church, you know, sometimes it's about uncovering the stuff we've we've just paved over and thought we were done with. Uh Uh-huh. And and, and it is yet destabilizing us. Yep. Both as a community and as people. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's the, that's really powerful stuff. It absolutely is. And, and to not ignore it, you know, I've said this more than once on the podcast, but just because you've made the same mistake for a long time doesn't mean you should keep making it. Oh yeah. Like that there's, there's gotta be an exit, you know, and that (laughs) this is your exit. Right. This is your exit. And that God doesn't want us to keep making the same mistake, you know, be on the same treadmill. Yeah. Well, and keep getting more frustrated and more stressed out and more tired and more isolated and more alienated and more lonely. God wants us to be connected, to be whole, to be healed. I'm flipping through my Bible right now because the other scripture for the day was Psalm 85. Psalm 85, 8 to 13, which says, God's about to pronounce his people well, the holy people he loves so much, so they'll never again live like fools. Mm. See how close God's salvation is to those who are paying attention. Our country is home base for glory. Love and truth meet in the street. Right living and whole living embrace and kiss. Truth sprouts green from the ground. Right living pours down from the skies. God gives goodness and beauty. Our land responds with bounty and blessing. Right living strides out before God and clears a path for the passage. Our goal is to build a community that's safe for everyone. And so I told folks, you know, if you're one of those people who says, oh man, this Me Too movement, I'm afraid to even talk to a woman. Like, if you think that you might be accused of anything, you should probably re-examine how you talk to women. Yeah, amen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, if, uh, if you're one of those people who goes, man, we're just going to stop hiring women because we're going to all be afraid of what we're saying. Maybe you need to pay attention to how oh, your yeah. workplace treats women. Maybe that there are some things that are convicting for you in the midst of this. And that's a good thing. Be right. convicted. Yeah. Don't run away from that. Don't hide from that. Listen, pay attention to that and then see what are the things that need to change? What are the things that you need to let go of or, or fix in order to move forward in a place that's safe for everyone? How will you build strong? Right. And that was it. That was the sermon. Good. Wonderful. Well, thank you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In Podcast. If you have a question for us or stories that relate to our topics we've been discussing, shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com and, or find us on Sunday Morning Sleepin on Facebook or sundaymorningsleepin.com, our website. The scripture for this podcast was Amos 7, 7-9 and, and Psalm 85, 8-13. The theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. It's traditional at the end of worship service for the priest to deliver a blessing to the congregation. Just some wise words that make everybody just a little bit holier. But here's the deal. We don't have any magic words. We just have the words that come to us in the scripture and the things that we feel as convictions in our heart when we're paying attention to how God's moving in the world. And it seems like, to me, the God of all creation who invented all the best things in the world, Mm. uh, gravity and blackberries and children's laughter, thought the world needed one of you too. God thinks you are fundamentally good. And the question is, whatever you believe about what the rickety places are in your life, how will you choose to live into your own skin this week? 
How will you love and listen and serve and seek justice? Maybe you slept in, but now it's time to wake up and get moving. Thank you.